welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 52, the universal soup of consciousness, pineal antennas, and Moses' praying protocols with Augie Nost. That's right, Augie's back to join us on the show, and we're so happy to have him here with us. He has so much wisdom and insight to share with us, and he uh, definitely does not disappoint in this show. We're going to talk about the pineal gland and its little antenna to that universal soup of consciousness and how to access it. We're going to talk about how important it is to go into the alpha brainwave state. And he's also going to share with us a technique, a very simple technique on how to empty our conscious mind, which is going to be great for those who really don't feel like they're able to meditate. Uh, So this is a technique that even Brian might be able to use. Uh, We're also going to talk about later in the show about praying and why praying doesn't work and how Moses actually has some praying protocols that we can follow to increase uh, the power of prayer. Uh, so let's jump right into the episode and find out what all you had to share with us. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. I am Nicole Frolic, one of your co-hosts, and I am here today with Lisa and Brian. Michael is stuck on the tarmac somewhere in uh, Florida, and so he wasn't able to make it. But we're excited to have a guest who is returning back to the show. He is um, definitely one of our fan favorites, Augie Nost. Welcome back. How are you doing today? Well, hello, hello. I'm doing fine. And uh, the reason I know that is because nobody is complaining. So I'm good. <laughs> there well, you go. That's a good barometer to use. Yeah. Last time you were on our show, we were talking about telomeres and anti-aging and uh, the power of the mind and all of that. And uh, it was a really great show. You had so much to share. and We've had so many uh, comments come in and questions and people saying that they've started taking like the astragalus root and doing all of the um, different herbs that you talked about to help lengthen telomeres. And so that was really great. But I know that um, you are working on something called the universal mind right now. Is that correct? Yeah, we're, um, we're in the process of putting together um First of all, it's going to be a TV station on the internet, and also we're going to be having a um, mastermind group. And uh, that is something that is not very well understood by a lot of people, but the mastermind is probably one of the most powerful things that we ever can start using. Because it's based on the principle that when two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind that has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. And that is extremely powerful. Is this, okay, are you talking about, does this have any correlation to the pineal glands linking up uh, when people are, say, meditating together? Well, that's kind of an an automatic thing, actually, because uh, the pineal gland is more or less the gate from the physical to the universal mind. It it goes through there, and uh, much of it goes through there, not necessarily all of it, because there's still, uh, you know, physical thought waves and things like that, too. But our connection to the universal mind very mostly come through meditation and attaching ourselves through the pineal gland also. When you say (laughs) the universal mind, what exactly do you mean? 
the universal mind that is more or less or actually pretty exactly uh, the whole universal mind or God, if you like, or the uh, combined mind of all of us that has to combine knowledge and mind power together. Is that like collective consciousness? Absolutely. There so you it's go. the same same thing yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we really have never been told how to tap into this. And, uh, you know, you think back on school, you know, when you were in grade school and the teacher told you that, read this chapter because tomorrow we're going to have a test on it. Well, I hated that because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to remember everything. But once we start exercising this muscle called the universal mind, we're able to tap into universal knowledge, which is some of the stuff we have read in the past that becomes part of it. And we have much easier access to both memory, knowledge, wisdom, and resources. If you're which tapping into that, can't you just tap into somebody else who's read the book? And then you don't have to read it at all? Well, that is probably some of the things that is happening. Because once you have thought of it, or once you have read it, it goes into that universal mind and it is placed in that soup of creation out there that is accessible by everybody and everything. Because thoughts are things. They're not just yours only. You place it into that universal soup of creation and it is accessible. That's why sometimes when somebody is working on invention, they find out that just about the, you know, the time that they're about to launch, they find out, oh, somebody else has already done it. They're doing it right now because thoughts travel and people pick it up. They go to the soup and they grab on to this concept and they think it is their own. So they just go ahead and start working with it. And is, this happens a lot. Is that kind of akin to, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's about telepathy, but but kind of like not controlled telepathy, like wild telepathy, like it's kind of going out there, but you don't even know you're putting it out there? Uh, it can work as telepathy, but it also could be just that uh, a hunch or an idea that you get. That's how the universe talks to you. It doesn't come from this big, you know, voice upstairs and listen, boy, this is what you're going to do. It doesn't happen that way. It comes in hunches and ideas. And uh, sometimes uh, my favorite place to get ideas is in the shower. I get all kinds of brilliant ideas in the shower. Just that when we get out of there and 20 minutes later when we're done, then we don't remember anymore. So I learned that uh, a lot of times I carry this little recording device with me. It's an uh, audio recording device and I just hardly go anywhere without it. So whenever I get a hunch of something or a good idea of something, I know it may not necessarily be mine. So I grab that little recording device and I speak key phrases or something little short about it in there and then I leave it there. So when I forget later on, then I record, I run the recording and there's, oh, that's right, I was supposed to do that. 
then you still got it. I I get a lot of my thoughts in the shower. Yeah. Too, and and lying in bed, I my brain doesn't wind down at night. So when I first get into bed, and I'm just lying there, I just get all these floods of ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think the reason we get that in the in the shower is that through the water it goes down the drain, and we are anchored to the earth. You don't yeah. think it's because we're more relaxed? Yeah, that's probably part of it too. And uh, imagine that we put out more alpha brainwave pattern. That's where we have the the magic. That's where the magic comes from. Once we put out a lot of alpha brainwave pattern, then we tap into these higher sources of vibration much easier. So I think though still, in order to be grounded, uh, shower is an excellent way to do that. And we also, um, you remember, you got to ground the antennas everywhere. So when you ground the antenna in the shower, then uh, you get better perception. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Well, Lisa it... just started speaking light language, so that probably means that the universe is trying to say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> also, isn't energy um, water such a great conductor for energy, too? So it helps yes. that flow. Like That's why people say they get great ideas in the shower. Or I've heard of people having um, like their visions come more within their near water because of the energy conduction. Yeah, absolutely. How do you tap into this universal mind? I guess you're just... You said it's like God, pretty much. So it's just through meditation and and grounding well, yourself and all the I things we know. We always tapped into it. I don't think there's a single moment during 24 hours where we are not tapped into it. But our conscious mind is running 95 miles an hour, or mine is running 500 miles an hour. I was I was a pilot, remember? So, right. so it is uh, all these private conversations and all these thoughts that is flooding our conscious mind that blocks the uh, finer thoughts and the ideas and the concept coming from the universal mind. It blocks it from reaching all the way up into conscious understanding. And that's why meditation is so good. We sit down, and uh, I say sit down because I can't lay down and meditate. My mind tells me that laying down, that means sleep, goodbye. <laughs> and I got to sit, otherwise I can't meditate. So I sit, and I close my mind down. That means that I get a lot of alpha brainwave patterns output. And then I open myself up to receive whatever the universe want me to know at the time or want me to have or want me to experience it comes and now it can go all the way up to conscious understanding because all those cluttered thoughts are gone it's like tapping into that channel it's yeah. like that radio station mm-hmm. so exactly. be before we started the show you had mentioned that one of the reasons why people have a difficult time 
um, I guess, being aware of their connection to the universal mind and, and having that connection open to where they can receive information or they're aware of the information they're receiving is because they don't really know who they are. Yeah. Can you elaborate yeah. on that? I find that very interesting. Yeah, first, uh, actually, a couple of reasons. First of all, we don't, or most people don't know how to empty their conscious mind out. Because if you are, your mind is full of cluttered thoughts that just runs 90 miles an hour, the universe can have no place up there because it's blocked out. And there's, I've run into people that has meditated for 20 years and they still do not know how to empty their conscious mind out. And there's a trick to it. I, I just have to say this. There's a trick to it that will help people to close down the conscious mind. It is so simple. It is almost ridiculous. I can't wait to hear it because I don't know how to do it. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're listening. Um, what you do is you sit down, eyes open, look across the room, or if you're out in the nature, pick something in front of you, maybe around, uh, not too far away, but just enough so that you can see it clearly. And then cross your eyes a little bit. So now you, you see two spots instead of one. And hold it there for a little bit, and you still keep seeing these two spots. But don't cross it so much that you uh, that the eyes will hurt. Because if you cross the eyes too much, it starts straining the muscles and it hurts. Just a little bit. So you get two spots instead of one, and then close your eyes. And still try to keep the eyes crossed a little bit. If you take the next 10 seconds doing that right now, in fact, you will feel how the, all the thoughts go away. Because now when you're crossing the eyes, close your eyes there, and then the mind is busy doing something that does not take thought. How do yeah, you do that's, that's That's interesting. I was just trying it. And you're right. You're, you're concentrating on this little muscle movement. Yeah. And there was nothing, there was nothing in my mind. You See, mean that's works. not a regular occurrence? No, there's always <laughs> volumes of data. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't resist. A, <laughs> it's an old yogic trick that is not communicated very well. I know there's some... Uh, I learned it back in the dark ages with the martial arts and I've used it ever since. Well, that That's makes great sense. advice for yeah. meditating. Yeah. Gives you something to focus on that involves the body as well. Mm -hmm. I actually have tried that because I think, I don't know if it was you that mentioned it on our last show or someone else had mentioned it, but um, I've tried that and it does, it does work. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. Sometimes I do it too much and then I strain my eyes though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can you can definitely tell how not to go too far. Yeah. 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 Now, and the, the other reason that uh, we don't really know 
Well, the biggest reason why we don't know who we are is because when we look around us, everything around us looks so real. If you're peeling potatoes one day and you cut your finger, boy, that hurts. So everything out there looks so real. You can reach out and tap the table and it is solid. Let me give you something to think about. And I, I'm, I mentioned this on other shows and I don't know if I did on the last time I was on with you guys, but I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and I'll but first, I want to set the stage so you can understand the question later. For the last 300 years or so, we've been told that matter and energy cannot be created from nothing. Then again, we have all these brilliant people like Stephen Hawking out of Cambridge University in England. Uh, you know, rest his soul, he just left us. But, and also, um, most other theoretical physicists now, they're telling us that their equations on the blackboard using quantum mechanics show that this universe was created from nothing. If this whole universe was created from nothing and you are in this universe created from nothing, what are you? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but... Now we get another problem. We see stuff around us. So it's got to be something, right? Well, this is very interesting that you're bringing this up right now. Because I, I know that we did talk about this on the on the last show. But oh. we just recently brought this up because Brian was saying, like, how come if I see a tree that's green and everyone else sees the tree it's green, but I want to see it as blue, but everyone else sees it as green, how do I make it blue? Well, maybe, maybe there is some things that you can do in your universe that you create. Because every one of us is as one, but we create our own existence within this one. You, we all heard that we are one, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, how come do we look different? And how come we are different? Well, it's kind of like if you go out in the forest and you uh, find trees that spread themselves by the same root system. Aspens. Yeah. And you see, uh, if you plant one of those trees in the middle of an open field, 30 years later, you're going to have a whole bunch of trees there because they spread through the root system and they grow up. And they all look like separate trees, but they're not. They're the same organism, but just different above ground expressions of the same organism. I've heard that the aspen grows are the largest organism on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's others too. And uh, if you think of it this way, we are one. But we have different above that surface we have different expressions of the one and we are given a spark of life and an individual uh, separate individualized spark of life that has its own memory physical memory and um, actions that it is carrying out and we all are different 
above ground, but underneath it all, we are all one. So when what we experience is fed back to the collective, and it is available to all of us. Once we understand that, yes, we are one, and we have access to that knowledge that we have individually, but also as one. Once we know this and accept it, the subconscious mind will no longer act as a barrier for us to go there and get that information. Then why is accepting it and knowing it so hard? Because you hear of only a small number of people like yourself talking about this seemingly simple idea. I just know it and I accept it and I have access to all of this data, yet I think the clear majority of the people on this planet don't have access to the shared knowledge because they certainly don't behave that way. I think there's a lot of outside programming that goes into that to make us believe that we're not. Like, whether it's also fluoride in the water and things that prevent our pineal gland from working correctly and the belief that we're programmed to believe that we are separate. That we're Absolutely. That's what education and government is all about. We've been learning that since the day we were born. Yeah. See, all so it's kids, hard to unwind. Yeah, and all children, when they're born, first of all, they have a photographic memory, and for the second, they are geniuses until they have start, starting to learn that it's okay to forget. And it is also... Everybody else looks like stoops out there, so I don't want to start sounding like I'm totally off the mark here, so I'll just do what they do. And uh, there is a saying, too, if you, I have been using it, if you think like the masses do, you're going to be like the masses are, and if you do like the masses do, you're going to have like the masses have. So you got to make doggone sure that you do want what the masses have otherwise start thinking different it's like that what is that bell curve we talk about yeah you know how many it takes 37 percent before it's adopted by everyone you know we're not there mm -hmm. yet like it's a it's quite the battle to have to get that information out against everything that's coming at us right. well benjamin franklin once said if everyone is thinking alike then no one is thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That, that is good. They're just mimicking or they are agreeing because they want to fit in. Yeah, you're just repeating. You're not thinking. You're just repeating what are, you're parroting what everybody else is saying. You're not actually thinking. And when you do think differently than someone else, you're taught not to. You know, that that's not normal or that could never happen or, you know, and we're we keep ourselves inside this box and we teach our children and teachers teach their students to remain inside this box and just be like everybody yeah. else. Well, yeah, and then, apples. of course, you know, we always have this brother in law, you know, that says, oh, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, you could never do but, that. Do it. Just be like everybody else and just be safe and do things the way society tells you to do it because right. that's wrong. And that's why this isn't common knowledge because right. it's squashed all and the time. Apple's Super Bowl commercial from what, 1985 or whatever that 
challenged that idea um, with you know incorrect English, but they called they said you know think different, but that it was you know it was about everybody thinking the same way and and somebody came along and challenged that authority. It's a I mean it's a classic classic piece of advertising because yeah. nobody yeah, liked it. But at the same time, as soon as you start thinking differently and you start speaking about it the the first thing that's used against you is ridicule and that ridicule is used to make you feel less superior and if anyone were to agree with you they would be grouped into that i the area of being ridiculed and in society if you're ridiculed you're less than and that means no one wants to associate with you and so that's why when Lisa or I or anyone who has these more fringe beliefs go to try and talk about things we easily get made fun of and shut down because that's the way our society has taught us to shut down ideas of people that are thinking differently. Well, it doesn't even have to be fringe beliefs. We were just having a, a, a business meeting today and my CFO challenged what I was saying because he wanted to, he wanted to make sure we kept one foot in a, a more comfortable space. And I said, yeah, but we're developing an app for the future. I don't want to design something for the past. And I was like, I don't, I want to think very differently. I want to challenge the perception and his mindset, you know, again, he's the CFO. So he was thinking from a finance point of view, and he was like, yeah, but it's going to be harder to raise money that way because what are the investors gonna going to think and my my response was i don't care what the investors think i want to work with investors that can see the future not the past yeah which makes it a lot harder makes it harder Mm -hmm. but somebody has to be willing to take those risks somebody has to be the knife's edge yeah and that's why the companies that is self-financed they have a better chance at doing these things. That's why visionaries, whenever you have a visionary running a company, they're going places. Without it, uh, there has to be a visionary in every company. Otherwise, they will follow statistics and be out of business in five to eight years. It just happens all the time. Yeah, you have to constantly be thinking about what hasn't been done new ways yeah. to do things mm-hmm. that makes people uncomfortable yeah. yeah and also whatever we allow to dwell in our mind most predominantly that's not just the brain that's the mind too that is what we are going to have in our life and the thing about it is that in our subconscious mind we have all these subconscious mind program most of them are negative in its character. They keep running there all the time, 24 hours a day. When we sleep, these programs are still running. That's where bad dreams and stuff comes from. So whatever we allow to dwell in our mind the most, that is what we're going to have in our lives. So we have to distance ourselves from negative people, negative influences, Subliminal advertising, that's pretty simple, actually. Once we know it's there, we can counter it. But we have to control our mind. Otherwise, someone else will do it, and they will control it for their purpose, not for our purpose. I think that's why it's so important, and we talk about this a lot on our podcast, 
of limiting your exposure to those things, whether it be, you know, mainstream media or, you know, just TV shows and movies and newspapers and, you know, things like that, where the programming is coming from. And if you limit yourself from that type of stuff, then you have a better chance of being able to connect to that conscious higher self and conscious mind, universal mind, and come up with more creative ideas and not be swayed by, oh, this is too different or this isn't being done or caring what other people think. And that's what we really have a hard time to accept for ourselves because we think of ourselves as real and we think of ourselves as one. See, when when I mentioned these trees in the field, they're all being one organism. We are too, because what we see around us, that is not really part of our reality. What the only thing that can create what is around us is intention directed thought. We think, and quantum physics back me up on this now, then they what we think that we accept, that is what we see around us. And this is what I don't understand, Augie. Why do we all see the same thing? Okay, I got a good one. If it's if it's created individually, and this is this is what Nicole was referring to earlier, but what I said in a recent podcast is if we're all individually in control of what we see, why do we all see the same thing? When when I look out my window and I see what I see, why is that exactly what Lisa sees if she can see whatever she wants to see? It's because of acceptance. You have accepted this is the way the world is and the the subconscious totally agrees with you so it doesn't allow for anything else to reach up to conscious understanding. But where's it coming from? If if, If I'm accepting it, it has to come from somewhere. Where is this shared image coming from? That's a good question. And there's a scientific experiment now that was done at UCLA, I think it was. They uh, found out that our thoughts are not our own. They're fed to us by something because they hooked up somebody with electrodes on his head and they uh, start showing him images and they were waiting for things to to uh, surface into uh, this person's uh, thought pattern because they know when you think about certain things, certain places in the brain light up. Right. But also, now when they were done with that, they had mapped it. So when they were done with that, they also waited for him to think of things that they didn't know what would be. And they noticed that there were places of a couple of places in the brain which lit up and about two seconds later he thought of a new thing so this where it lit up that indicated that's where the thought came for uh, came from and then it was fed up to him thinking it so something gave us the thought and it wasn't generated necessarily on because um, I think the pituitary was one part of it huh. that had a lot of activity right before we got a, um, a a thought of something different than what he had been thinking on before. So it would be really interesting 
this is hard to do <laughs> because of the world we live in. Can you take that out of somebody's brain and see if it disconnects them from the the reality? You know, if is 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 that pituitary gland or whatever pieces pineal and or pituitary whatever they are is that an antenna from something that this image is being generated from and if you take it out what happens it, it makes me think of the matrix and being you know everybody's plugged in yeah. like this is you know a computer and we're our brains are a processor and we're connected to this computer that has already been programmed and so to you know, have different thoughts and see things differently than others is quite a bit difficult yeah. because of that. Exactly. And there have been some done some experiments that show that a combined mind can create things that is even against the laws of physics as we know them. And uh, a good example on that is what happened uh, last, uh, late last summer when the, the hurricanes came over, you know, from Africa like, like beads on a string. And um, one of them was just kind of licking up against the coast of Cuba heading for Florida. Remember that one? There was a Category 5 in small places and uh, basically a Category 4 hurricane coming. Uh, over Cuba and heading straight for Florida, and they were hunkering down. You want to use this? Is any of you down in Florida now? No. Well, one of us, but not on the call. Michael okay. Is. Um, because the forecasters, they expected that it would be a Hurricane 4 when it hit Florida. And um, I was listening to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, and he said, this is not going to be good, so let's do something. And uh, he said, let's all visualize this one fizzling out. The next morning when I woke up, the hurricane was gone pretty much. For the, there was a category one in places, and there were places on the uh, on the west coast of Florida where it was not even a hurricane. It had less than 75 miles an hour winds. And the forecasters came back on and said, gee, you know, this shouldn't have happened. We don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. All Enough the focused energy. Yes, exactly. All the millions of listeners on Coast to Coast AM, we all visualized the thing slowing down and fizzling out, just evaporating. And that is what happened. Well, we had um, Heather Sartain on our show really back, like I think it was episode 10, one of our first shows. And she talked about how um, many uh, people that she knew who worked for NASA knew that when you had multiple people, so multiple pineal glands um, thinking about the same thing, that if, the, if, a, if you had enough people, like say an entire continent of people all thinking the same thing it could literally turn like um what did she say like i know it wasn't reversing the poles but basically like turn the earth on its axis slightly and i think she did say reversing the did she say reversing pole. the poles but something along so. something to that effect and they knew that and so i mean the 
I guess the more advanced science that isn't exactly mainstream or talked about, these scientists are aware of the power of the mind and what happens when many minds or pineal glands start focusing on the exact same thing, and which is what you were just speaking of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is one of the things that I want to start working with because uh, we're going to start this mastermind group and uh, think of it this way. If, uh, let's say that uh, we did an experiment here uh, tonight now, and uh, there let's say about 10,000 people over the next two weeks were listening to this show. If they all concentrate on one thing, you multiply 10,000 by um, 10,000, you get 100 million minds concentrated in one direction. Think of what that can do. I think I, I, that well, we should try it. And, and, and look at how rarely we do it. Yeah. I and, mean, that, uh, that idea, that math holds true for a lot of things. You know, if you look at trying to do good and raising money for, you know, some great cause, if, you know, everybody gave a dollar, which is not a lot of money, but if every American gave a dollar, you just raise, you know, 300 something million dollars. Yeah. But when does that ever happen? Never. Well, I think it, it does happen, but unfortunately it happens in the opposite way that it should with fear because the media will, you know, put things out there about tragedies and they, and they promote this, this fear based thinking that so many people buy into and they're sending this negative energy to, to areas that maybe a hurricane just hit or, you know, something's happening instead of sending positive, good thoughts and loving energy and healing energy, we're sending fear. And I think that that's just causing more fearful and bad things to happen. So yeah. I think that we do that. And when you and so then when you think about people giving money into that situation out of fear, that energy that money is carrying that same energy, and that it's almost like that money is just going to keep producing more circumstances that require that kind of money. True. And and can I mean can you imagine if the news was simply something that only spoke of the wonderful things that were happening around the planet. Which there, is, was a, there was a, radio, uh, a TV station that tried that and they went out of business in six months. Because people don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't, people sense. don't want to hear it. Well, people are addicted to the drama because it keeps them preoccupied from their own. <laughs> that and I also think it, it perpetuates this belief that we're separate, that we're not this one organism, this collective consciousness that you can, with this fear-based thinking, you can allow yourself to believe that, oh, that's happening over there. It has nothing to do with me. I'm separate from this. Yeah. And the thing about it too, that when we are doing something like this, we, English is worthless once the universe is concerned. Thinking of the US dollars that I need, you know, $2,000 this month because I've got to make the mortgage payment. Well, the universe doesn't understand that. It, we are using English here, and the universe doesn't speak English. It speaks a spiritual language. That spiritual language is in coast of, uh, it is uh, emotion, vivid, colorful pictures, gratitude, love, 
and things like that. That's the language that is understood outside of the physical. So when we ask for something, asking for $2,000 is worthless. That's why it never happens hardly. Mm. What we should be doing is to concentrate on what will the $2,000 do? Think of staying in the house Think of things that you want. Visualize yourself driving that new car or being with those friends that also enjoys what you ask for. Because if you ask for something from the universe for only yourself, it is selfishness and that doesn't fly very well. The universe is not a selfish thing, it's a giving thing. So ask for the masses so they can enjoy it with you. Then it is listened to. So this is one of the things when we ask, it's just like prayer. Prayer hardly ever works because when you're sitting at the kitchen table and say, well, God, we need uh, $2,000 here because we got to pay the um, mortgage payment. So I'll pass the butter, Martha. Uh, that doesn't go anywhere. We got to get our united mind together. We have to know what we want. We have to use the spiritual language. In fact, the church doesn't teach you how to play, uh, pray uh, because first of all, they don't know how. And if they did know how, they sure wouldn't tell you because they wouldn't give the power to you. They want to keep the power. But if, if they knew how to do that, they wouldn't be asking for money from all their followers. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> That's yeah, really a great, great point that you make, Augie. And, I mean, just about prayer in general and, and helping people to understand that, you know, whether someone's sick or, um, you know, in a bad situation and, and they say, you know, pray for me. And it's like you pray for them to be healthy. And, and the best thing to do is to think of that person, being visualize healthy. them in your mind as being healthy and already seeing that and send them that love and happy healing energy as like as you know they already are right. but yeah. we end up sending them negative energy and worry energy and it has the opposite yeah. effect yeah that's the thing and uh, a lot of people that pray for themselves they say well please cure my cancer you already said my cancer you claimed it you own it it's not going to happen so you've got to visualize yourself healthy out there jogging or doing things, going to the doctor's office, visualize yourself just hugging the doctor, saying, <laughs> the doctor saying, I have no idea how you did it, but keep doing it. Visualize language like this in your mind coming from the doctor or visualize everything taken care of and healthy. Never think of the problem. And you had mentioned... Um at the beginning about two minds coming together and how powerful that is. Yeah. You know, so say you and your partner or your friend or, or, you know, whomever get together and at the same time say, okay, let's visualize this. Okay. So Lisa and I are going to do this. We are going to visualize the same thing at the same mm -hmm. time each day with purpose. So tell us how that works. It doesn't even have to be at the same time because we got to remember here in the physical 4D existence that we think we are living, time and space is predominant. 
we are controlled by it. But outside of the physical, time and space does not exist as we know it. So when we are praying for something or when we are thinking about receiving something for us and our family and our community or whoever, where does that request go? It doesn't stay in the physical. It goes out of the physical where time and space does not exist. It goes into that soup of creation, so it is there. So if you think of it right now, and then uh, Lisa, think of it, let's say, at um, midnight tonight. It goes out of the physical into that soup of creation, which it reaches the same vibration of thought. Time doesn't exist there. So it reaches the same vibration of thought and it can bring it back into the physical where you then start gaining some benefits from it. Well, that sounds great on paper, but we'll have to do it at the same time because only one of us will remember to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, from what I understand, like you had said earlier, it's it's not just about thinking about it, but it's feeling it. Like, so, you know, say it were just an easy example about, you know, a new car or something. It's feeling yourself in that car. What does it feel like to drive that car? How does your hands around the steering wheel feel? What is the, what are the seats like? What is, how does it smell? Because your mind doesn't know the difference between what it sees from your eyes or what you're visualizing in your mind. Mm. That's, That's why like yeah. athletes can practice like their, you know, a basketball player can practice free throw shots in their mind, they've done experiments with this, where one just does it in their mind and one does it actually on the court, and they both improve, the, like, in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is so powerful that the powers that be does not want you to know about it. They will discourage you from it. They will uh, talk silly about it. They would say, ah, psh, you know, she's full of air. That's nothing to this. And scientists are now coming around to the point where it is uh, within quantum mechanics. It's hard to deny this anymore. But you look at the newspapers. Where in the world do you see anything about this kind of stuff? Never, hardly ever. No. You hear on shows like yours, that's where you get the good information. And YouTube. Yes. That's oh, where Jesus. you get the good information. <laughs> Brian doesn't believe that. But it's true because it's not being paid for by advertisers that want you to believe that you aren't powerful and that you have to use their drugs and their products and their things and life is scary and you should be afraid of everything. Yeah. But that's not the only place. I figured all that out on my own. Figured what out? Everything. Such as this stuff that we're talking about? You know these things? Yeah, I know. I, be, I know everything. <laughs> all I have to do is get my hookup to the consciousness. You like, already have it. See? I already have it. And yet you won't. Up. <laughs> and I tell you, once you start crossing your eyes a little bit and meditating on that, you're going to get some good ideas. Lisa, can you take pictures of Brian crossing his eyes while he tries to meditate? I, <laughs> I already have good ideas. That's I'm already there. 
he actually does have really good ideas somehow he's already connected that way and you know i think it's just we all have our some things come easier to people than others you know we all have our strengths and weaknesses but it's you know we can all use some extra work in other ways like manifesting that and and making those ideas helping those ideas come to fruition yeah i mean that is such a foreign still i mean i we talked about it the last time augie was on and it's still such a foreign idea and i tried it for a while you know you you talked about visualizing those things and i and i did it for a good week and that's why i was joking saying we'll do it at the same time because only one of us will, will remember i visualized something for a week and then i forgot, forgot about it yeah, yeah that's why i use my mirror to write things on i'll if i want something or you know affirmations i'll write it on my bathroom mirror i only see myself <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that statement really says it all. <laughs> that, was, that was for you. But there is uh, 4D considerations also. We got to stay healthy because if we drink tap water with fluoride in it and if we eat garbage and we go to the regular grocery store and buy the pretend food they have all the time, we are going to get sick. Sooner or later, because all these poisons that we eat, they compound in the body, and especially the tap water, because fluoride is the most, one of the most toxic substances on earth, and they put it in your drinking water. And it calcifies the pituitary gland to the point where it quit working, and you lose your contact. So that there is ways to uh, decalcify it, and uh, that you can do. Uh, boron will be a good one to start with, just a little bit every day for uh, you know do that for a few months, and you'll clean it out. So you start getting that contact again. But we gotta watch what we eat because you know the other saying you know is like we are what we eat, and uh, yeah, it's a good joke, but it is something to it. There's so much to it. It's like you know you want to have that nice clear connection but you're muddying up the water you know you're you're muddying it up so that you're not a conduit for that anymore yeah that's right and uh, when it comes to manifestations like we're talking about here it is a uh, a cousin of prayer and prayer if it's done right can have amazing effects and church doesn't teach it to you. Nobody teaches to you. The only one I know of that actually taught how to pray was Moses. And he wrote about that. I think it is in his ninth book. Uh, we're not told this, but there is 12 books that is accredited to him, and I have 10 of them. The uh, 11th uh, has disappeared, and the 12th one is only one that anybody knows of, and that is at the Vatican Library, and they won't let you see it. But Moses, he said that um, when you pray, you do it right, you will have results every time. I'm struggling with the every time, but it can be a lot better. He, um, he said that first of all, you go in your chamber. Then you do not flaunt or express your prayers among people that mock you. Know what you want. 
see it in your heart. And you remember back then the word heart and mind was the same word. And then you speak it aloud with emotions to, so the tears flow. Then know it is yours. And leave it to God. In other words, let go and don't think about it. It's done. It is mine. You brought up a very good point that I don't think we've really discussed on the podcast yet. Uh, and when you said that M Moses says not to tell people your ideas or what you want to those who are going to mock you. And that's really important because we don't realize how much energy can be working against us when we've given the idea of what we want to someone who doesn't want us to have it or doesn't believe yeah. we can have it. And yeah. that I feel ha can have so much more power than we are willing to acknowledge or maybe even think about. And so, I mean, Brian, you and I talked about this a while ago on how <laughs> my ex-wife. Yeah. You know, oh, you don't want to tell her she things. always had never believed in what I was doing. And there's a lot of negative energy coming my way. So you have, you know, Brian has had these amazing ideas. He's very creative, a visionary. Failure to launch. And yeah, there's this failure to launch. And, and one of the things that we've kind of come to the conclusion was that she sabotaged a lot of the stuff that he came up with every single time I ever told her anything it it failed and I even joked about it the last time I, I I talked to her I was like I'm not telling you yeah and I mean and she it's not when you say she sabotaged it she's likely doing it unconsciously she's not like yeah exactly I'm not on purpose yeah, yeah and then that's the thing is that we oh. don't realize is that you know, other people are unconsciously thinking about it sometimes, or if they're mad at you and they keep sending you that energy and they know that you've got this idea and maybe they just disagree with it. And then they're sending all this negative energy into it that it's starting to have an effect on how it's supposed to manifest. And right. it's really, I think that's something the three of us have talked about in private. We, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but we just don't want to tell people certain things anymore because we don't, we want to protect it. Yeah. Right. Out of, out of jealousy from, for, on, on their part. And they, you know, really don't want us to, to, to achieve our goals or uh, there's so many different reasons, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I some mean, people just have negative thoughts about you, maybe an ex, you know, spouse or lover or something like that. And we've, we've talked about this on shows that, you know, there are things that you can do about that, you know, cutting cords, energetic cords, but just to be aware that these things are happening. I know there's, um, tribes and different <laughs> things that I've heard about that cut ener energy cords every evening, like before they go to bed as just a ritual, as a ritual from anyone that they had come into contact that day so that it wouldn't get in, you know, be in their energy field anymore. You know, I think it's that's interesting. A good it, it, it just comes, it comes back to one of the first things that, that Augie said, um, which reminded me of a quote from Napoleon Hill, who's a famous, uh, author, self-help author from the early you, 20th century. Um, Napoleon Hill once said, thoughts are things, 
and powerful things at that. And his, his point was, was about, um, turning it into riches. Yeah. Cause that, he wrote think and grow rich, right? Which is yeah. a great book. So his quote is thoughts are things and powerful things at that when mixed with definiteness of purpose and burning desire can be translated into riches. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing where we're talking about that, this idea of prayer or visualization, that's thinking, that's a thought. You're yeah, making a thought real. Let me give you something to think about. Quantum mechanics now, it tells us that we are living in a mind-created universe. When you said that your ex sabotages you, well, is your ex in your existence somewhere? She is, right? She's <laughs> she's still alive. Yeah, so she is in the existence somewhere, physically. Yes. And you accept that. Because if we create everything around us, and if we create everything that we see, hear, and experience by thought, it all comes back to us to control our thought. Because you have accepted that she actually can do this, so it can happen. I am 72 years old. I've never been sick in my life because I have never accepted disease into my life. And uh, that is, you know, I, I do things to make sure that it doesn't happen also, not just by mind, but the mind makes me do these things so it doesn't happen. But I feel like I, I understand what you're saying. Like you have to, so he has, Brian has to accept, or we have to accept that people can have that type of impact on us. Yeah. But it, it, these things don't happen consciously. These aren't things that you're thinking about consciously. You, you know, realize later, wow, every idea that I've had when I've told her has been sabotaged. So I guess at that moment is when you say, I no longer accept that this is a thing. Yeah, you can kind of like you did with saying you don't get sick. I mean, I have the same attitude towards sickness. I'm just, I never get sick. It's yeah. never going to happen. And, and keep that attitude and keep that knowing and whether it works a hundred percent of the time or not, but, um, you have to believe it. Yeah. And also the conscious mind, uh, when you say, uh, you know, we accept this consciously, well, the conscious mind, where does the conscious mind come from? That is the brain. That is the brain activity that creates a majority of the conscious mind, except for what is fed to us from below. But if we look at... What do you mean below? Fed uh, from us from below, what do you mean? Subconscious and oh, the superconscious okay. and the universal mind. Okay. So if we think of the conscious mind as something that is created by thought because it comes from the brain, brain is the tool that makes us see everything and experience everything in the 4D. So now we can control the mind too. All we have to do is to concentrate on controlling our thinking like ever so often or quite often for a short period of time, keep telling you that she has no influence over me. I am in control of my mind. And 
if you keep saying things like this, it is going to probably go away. You could phrase it different so it sounds better to you, use your own vocabulary, but these affirmations, they have enormous effect on the subconscious mind because they go from the conscious and not just thinking it, but also saying it, in fact, writing it down. By doing those three things, it goes into three different places in the subconscious mind. How is that any different than, I mean, <clears throat> my approach, which is as equally unintentional as it was before, you know, receiving the energy is I just, I don't even think about it. I mean, she, she doesn't come into my mind ever. I just don't even give thought to it, but I didn't do anything intentionally. I just turned it off out of my mind. How is that different than what you're describing, which is an intentional thought process to say, I'm not going to give you, you know, power over me. Okay, so you said you turned it off in your mind. Which mind? I don't know. The only one that I have in my brain, in my that's, head. That's Do you have more than one mind? I don't know. Conscious and subconscious. Yeah, I know the theory behind it, but I don't understand that, and I don't even give thought to to that. So I can't I can't say which mind I'm using because I'm only doing one. We're only aware of our conscious mind. I'm yeah. only using the one that I'm aware of. Yeah. And uh, by you acknowledging that she has the capability of affecting you negatively, you accept it and you, the door is wide open. You don't have to think about it. It can happen anyway. By the way, you have more than one mind. And let me run this one by you. There were some, uh, I, I read some medical reports. It uh, was in, uh, in fact, in a book somewhere, and I, I'll think of the title of it. Uh, they talked about this um, the person that had, he was in a car accident. He went to the hospital. They had to operate on him, and he died on the operating table. He was gone for about seven minutes. No brain activity whatsoever. And there were, one of the people dropped a, um, a utensil or an instrument on the floor. So they, you know, picked it up and threw it away and, uh, well, put it away. And uh, when they woke the person back up, they were able to revive him. And he had, with no brain activity, he had knowledge because he brought it up saying that I heard one of your instruments fell on the floor. You didn't use that one, did you? <laughs> There were no brain activity, but he knew that. How did he know that without having extra sensory perception of something that happened in the room? Now, I think that the subconscious mind, you know, what we were talking about earlier is really interesting that you, because you aren't aware that that program is running. Yeah. You know, so we don't know what we don't know, you know, as far as needing to have an affirmation about something. And I guess you can only look at your life and kind of say, okay, these things I'm not able to kind of make happen for me. Maybe there's some subconscious program running that I'm not aware of and then use affirmations to, to change that. Yeah. Even though you're really not sure that that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing in, uh, in my books. I, uh, 
I teach people how to use the mind because we were never taught how to use it. Remember, the teacher told you to go home and remember. He didn't tell you how to remember. No, they think that it's automatic and it's not. Uh, actually, our memory is perfect. Remember, we remember absolutely everything. It's the recall process that is screwed up because we were never taught how to do it. So once you learn how, it is a lot easier. And that's what we learn in, in those books. Where I can show you how people can tap into the universe and there's some small procedures that we can do in meditation with visualization and things like that. We do that a few times and the subconscious mind get used to it. So it's kind of figures like, hey, this is neat. I can do this. So they'll just keep doing it. And it gets better and better as the more you do it. But instead, we spend our time playing video games or sitting in front of TV, being, you know, programmed by movies and shows and eating stuff out of a box that isn't good for us. And, you know, yeah. we're not using our mind and developing our mind and That's and. That's living American up to way. our true potential. Yeah, that's the American way. I just wanted to speak to what Brian was saying earlier um, about understanding that there is like the subconscious mind programming that we don't even realize is going on. Like I remember maybe five years ago, I started doing these gratitude um meditations at night before I went to bed because I wanted to start switching out I wanted to start start switching my lack and that you know I was living paycheck to paycheck at the time and I was like maybe I just need to start being focused on what I have as opposed to what I don't have all the time and as I started to you know do these gratitude meditations at night I started to pay attention I started to notice something that in my mind there was like it was like this program running in the background that had I not been paying attention to it, I really wouldn't have noticed it. But I started to notice how much I didn't believe I could get, I could have more than what I had already. Or that, you know, if I had these ideas of, oh, say, you know, you're making $3,000 a month and you want to make $10,000 a month. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, that's not really possible. I can't see how I can do that. And so without even really realizing it, if you can have these thoughts, your subconscious can absolutely kibosh it in a way because you don't even know that you actually don't even believe it. Right. And yeah, that's the thing. We don't know what the subconscious knows. Yeah. And I, I started and then. What, what even when you start to really even pay attention to that, because, you know, when you start thinking about your lack of your money, then you start to really go deeper and you start to see how much that's tied into your self-worth. And then it was it was around it was through that that I started to realize, oh, wow, I don't really think that much of myself if I don't even think I can des I'm deserving of that. Mm. I'm only I'm only deserving of so much and I, there's no way that I can go beyond that. And then it starts to pay attention to all the little voices in your head, the dialogue that you don't really hear because you've got all this other stuff going on in your conscious mind of like all the shit talking that you do about yourself. And it was through my gratitude meditations that I started to really understand 
what programming was going on in the background that I had no idea of how really self-destructive it was and that it was literally sabotaging everything that I really wanted, didn't realize that I was doing it. And that's where meditation and quieting your mind and just doing these exercises of getting to know yourself is really important. And, you know, I, I wasn't really joking about the, the television and the stuff because we, we always want to be busy, you know, and we want to relax and we just want to shut our mind off. And when you, you're not really shutting your mind off, you're opening your mind up to all this programming. I mean, you'd be better off just, you know, obviously just like sitting out in nature or sitting in a quiet room, but we turn on the television and we turn on the radio and we try to distract ourselves from our own mind and getting to know ourselves and what thoughts are going through it. So Augie, yeah. I wanted to ask you um, a little bit more about this idea of not really knowing yourself and how that affects your connection to the universal mind. Because I find that very interesting because many of us don't really know who we truly are. We only know the person that the world wants us to be. And part of that is, you know, all of the things that we're taught through, you know, as we're raised through our family, as we go through the schooling system, maybe it's through religion, um, through mass media, through how, how we interact in society. And when you don't really know who you are, how do you make that connection when you're not, how do I say this? I think I know where you're going. Okay. And, uh, yeah. See, the thing is that <clears throat> to understand ourselves, that can only be reached through elevated, higher vibratory thinking. How many times have you sat in the group and uh, you get to talk and then you ask somebody, you know, what are you? And the guy says, I'm an accountant. No, that's not what he is. But that's what we think we are. We think we are what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is so far from the mark, it's not even in the same ballpark. What we are, we are an immensely powerful spiritual being that is having a visualized holographic existence with all kinds of experiences in it that is what quantum physics is now telling us we do and as well as what i've seen it's a longer answer yeah i like i just say i'm a spy there you go <laughs> yeah but you're so right. Not only do we identify ourselves with what we do, you know, I'm an accountant or, you know, I went to this particular college or I live in this neighborhood. I drive this car. You know, we identify ourselves with all these things that don't mean anything. In the South, they ask you, who's your mama? <laughs> <laughs> But it's true that if you think about it, if we're so busy putting ourselves into all these boxes with these labels, when we truly go to think about what we could be, it becomes a lot harder because we, we've defined so much of ourselves with these outside things that trying to let go of it so that we can be everything is really hard. Yeah, I know. And uh, is is any of you in business for yourself? 
I yes, we, we all, all are. are. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Uh, send me, um, get me your address, and I'm going to send you one of the books that I wrote. It's called, well, I've been very lucky. I've been able to associate with, on the first name, with three billionaires. And being able to associate with them means you learn from them, because I learned a long time ago that when I am in the presence of excellence, I keep my trap shut and I listen. Right. I combined a lot of the things that I've heard them talk about, and I've researched them a little bit too, and uh, and um, how to learn how to billionaires think. Uh, send me your address, and I'll send you one of those books. And you'll which, which find... book we, we bought your spiritual science book? Oh, okay, good. thinking and how to access the universal consciousness. Yeah. And uh, the other one is uh, Universal Success Principles and How Billionaires Think. The first that would be half, great. Thank you, Augie. Yeah, the first half of it is uh, basically just tricks of the trade, how they set up their mastermind group and who they associate with and when they associate, what do they do and how do they think and the principles and their mind control habits that they have and stuff like that and then the second part is what explains why the first part works so well because the second part deals with the mind so uh, uh, get me the address I'll send it to you because anybody that is in business uh, uh, the book has been out for about four years and I have had emails from people saying they were you know in business for themselves and uh, they were really struggling but they started doing some of these things and doors open up where you thought right. no doors well that's that's great that's really generous of you we'll, we'll we will do that yeah see once we start meditating i think that's the gate to most of these higher conscious thinking and when you start emptying your mind out developing alpha brainwave pattern opening yourself up to the universe and do it. I've done it for, well, I started when I was about probably 19, something like that. I've done it every day ever since. Wow. Once, once or twice. So I have, uh, I, I got a good connection to it. And that's why um, a few years ago I had an incredible insight you know, experience when the universe was downloaded into my mind, both in full concept and detail of understanding. So I sat there and looked at that, and it was just flashing. And I had all this knowledge. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I started writing and I kept writing uh, for about three days or so. And uh, plus or minus things that I had to do. And uh, some of that became the, uh, the first book, that, the one that you got. And there's another one I'm working on that is going to be coming out. And that's got a lot more detail in it. Because uh, I talked to somebody after I had this download and I told them about it. And I said, I can never talk about this. They'll think I'm nuts. Well, he said, no, no, let's start reading quantum physics, he says, and it's all in there. So I did, and uh, it made sense. So that's why I started talking about it and, and you know, studying more. Because it is there. The universe will give you the information if you know where to go to get it. That's what the books are all about. But you have to do the work, and it's 
you know, like you said, it's also about what you're eating, what you're putting into your body, you know, and the time that you're taking. It's like anything. If you want to be good at something, you have to take the time. And, you know, if you want to be a professional athlete and go to the Olympics, you're going to have to practice and do the work and make sure you're eating the right foods and be on top of your game. So same with anything like this. Don't do it just for two weeks. Yeah, just don't 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 do it only for two weeks, and that just well that didn't work. No. Exactly. <laughs> Continue with it. Yeah, forty days at least. It takes twenty-one days, continuous effort, once or twice a day to change a habit. So anything over twenty-one days, I think you're on a good track. Sounds good. Yeah. I think and, also uh, like for someone like say for instance Brian who doesn't meditate doesn't probably even know how to meditate or even knows if he's meditating is that correct Brian? Fair assumption. So yeah, but you know how now? Yeah, say you're gonna again? you're gonna be crossing your eyes now. So you know how now? I'm gonna. Well, I know how to quiet my mind. That's meditating. That quieting is meditating. your mind. And the thing about it also, transcendental meditation tells you to quiet your mind and whatever happens, that is good. Well, I I struggled with that until I uh, talked to a martial art master about that. And he says, well, do you want to get in the back of a taxi cab and says, let's go? What is he going to tell you? Where do you want to? You got to direct your meditation in order to get where you want to go. That is you my... have to know where you want to go. Well, yeah. you could set an intention prior to your meditation, right? There you go. Yeah. And then you first of all, right before the meditation, you decide what you are going to do in meditation. And then in there, when you close your mind down, visualize that thing with great, you know, use the spiritual language on it and Show yourself in possession of it or doing it or having it and then empty the mind. Now let the subconscious feed it through the superconscious mind all the way out there into the universal mind. This thought will look around in that super creation for a match in vibration and it'll find it somewhere. It may not be in your mind. It may not be over anywhere except in somebody else's mind and then it latches on to it and you through your superconscious mind which is basically a connecting device you'll pull it back to you so you see and you feel and you experience or you know the answer to what you were asking about and now you can go and apply it so or you can say well i need a a new car is such a good example and go down to the dealership test drive one there's nothing like a new car smell all right right <laughs> so do that and then from there on you visualize yourself doing that every day driving that car if you have never driven one the subconscious mind have a hard time accepting how does it work again 
So do it. Do whatever you can to make it happen. And then do it and do it and do it because the uh, wild card in uh, manifestations is time because we are stuck in this four-dimensional time loop here on Earth. So we have to allow for the universe to give us the energy and it has to go through a three and four dimensional process in order to show up in your life. So with other words, remember the saying, God will give you the nut, but he will not crack it. So once we have put it out there for the universe to give it to us, then we got to go do whatever we can to help the universe make it happen. And we got to do that. We got to look around that people may fall across your path, the ones that can help you do it. And once you see that someone can help you do it, latch on to them and say, hey, how can how can we do this? You know, just be out there and put yourself right on the front end. Let them know that I need some help to do this. Anybody, anybody? And they will show up. So I've got something. This this is for you, Nicole. So I'm, you know, I've, I've got this book of yours in, in my hand, Spiritual Science, and I've had it open to one page for a while. I think Lisa can confirm that I've had it open to one page for a long time, right? Yes. What's that one page about? See that word right there that starts with an M and ends with an editation? Meditation. Yeah. So I, I know Nicole would like that the universe brought us together on reading about meditation. He opened the book and just... Before you said about meditation, and I was reading about it, and then you started talking about meditation again, so... So he's saying that's a synchronicity, I think, is what's happening. Oh, I was saying it's a coincidence. <laughs> you and Nicole are going to say it's a synchronicity. Shall we call it a coincidental synchronicity? synchronicity. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Compromise. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Thank you so much, Augie, for everything that you've talked about today. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, if you want to hear more of what uh, I've said, go. you can find me on YouTube. I uh, Friend me on, if we're not all friends on the Facebook, just go ahead and send me a request and uh, I'll get you. And uh, also on the, uh, on the radio show that I'm doing once a week, I speak about things like this. And that is also, of course, uh, www.universal.com dash consciousness dash show dot com and okay. we'd like to hear more information maybe you can send it to lisa or nicole so we can put in our on our show notes about your uh the the television the the online television channel that you talked about yeah yeah we yeah. can get all that in the show notes yeah, and we are going to do this uh, mastermind group, and we're hoping to get some large numbers in there. And, uh, of course, you know, it's a global thing, so we don't necessarily have to do it at the same time, physically, all of us. But since we go into the same place to get the information and the resources, it all turns out at the same time anyway, physically. So we can pull back things and create things, and we're going to do some good things with this. That's great. Congratulations on that. Well, we're not, we haven't done it yet, but uh, we are planning on it right now. I'm bringing it into your now. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
Well, thanks so much, Augie, for being on. It's such a pleasure to have you on again. And uh, you always have such great information to share with us that is very useful. And I think, I personally think easy to put into practice uh, the way you describe it. Yeah. So thanks so much for that. All right. And uh, get me that address and I'll send something to you. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the show. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask us or um, ideas that you'd like to bring up on a further uh, show, please send them into our email, info at enlightenup.us. And uh, we will be back with you all again next week. Have a great night. Bye.